So welcome to Carving a New Path. Just to, for anyone who's new to briefly tell you, this podcast is filled with stories and tools and resources to help you pause and reflect on the life you are living and opening to new possibilities. Most of us were raised in a society that encourages productivity and do, do, do. And it isn't until a life circumstance like a job layoff or an illness, the birth or death of a loved one, or COVID-19 comes along and disrupts your daily routine that you finally slow down to pause and reflect on your life. And in the stillness of slowing down, you have an opportunity to carve a new path. So every show has a guest, a, a topic for us to explore with a tool or resource. And so today's show is called Shh, Shh, Telling Secrets in the Dark with Friends, AKA Writing About the Taboo. Well, my guest is Sophia Wren. And before I tell you more about the show topic, I'm gonna to tell you a little bit about Sophia. She is a writer, a musician, and spiritual support for writers and creators around the world. Beginning her work almost 10 years ago, she's been described as having spot-on intuition, positive vibes, and a gift for words that inspire. She has an MA in spiritual and pastoral care from Loyola and a passion for helping unconventional people to always know what to do next because they can hear their intuition and trust it. And she just put out her book, Freedom Year, How Trying to Be a Dominatrix and Failing Changed Her Life. So let me just say welcome before I, I read the description of the show. So welcome, Sophia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's so wonderful to connect with you, and we're going to get into the topic in a middle in a minute. But I just want to say, welcome back to the United States. I know that you have only been back for a short time yeah. in Japan. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know anything you want to share about that as we get started. I loved being in Japan because I fell in love with in Japan and. I was able to have some time off to just ride and bike around the rice paddies in the sunshine and breeze with my wonderful man. <laughs> and my heart is still there. Um, but I'm also glad to be back connecting with my people here in Maryland. It's a lot easier with the time zone. Yes. And, um, yeah. I'm So there's, there's all kinds of good things going on. And you finished your book. And I finished which, my book. I keep forgetting. Like, like an you know. eight-year journey for you. So that's yeah. really cool too. All right. Yeah. Let me just read the topic briefly to people so that there's an idea. <laughs> the things that you are not supposed to say can be difficult, yet fulfilling to write about. Sophia discusses the journey of dancing with fear and tapping into her life's secrets to write her recently published book, Freedom Year, How Trying to Be a Dominatrix and Failing Changed My Life. So yes, I'm saying it more than once, so you really hear it. Mm -hmm. And um, What did she say? 
Right, right. What did you say? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it right. <laughs> and we're also going to, Sophie's going to share some tools that helped her clarify what to publish and what to hold back, as well as make the process of writing and publishing taboo topics go more smoothly. So, okay. So let's just dive in here because there's a lot we can do to talk about your book. And I'm excited. And I know that you'll be on, we're, we're going to do a couple of shows, I'm sure, the, during the rest of this year to talk about writing and so excited. writing your book. Absolutely. Yay. But one thing I want to just start with is I was asking you about um, a title. So what made you suggest the title? It popped in my head. Um, I wanted to talk about writing taboo subjects because mm -hmm. I hear a lot of writers have this sort of problem. Um, and just calling it like secrets in the dark, you know, kind of, it makes it like a bigger space for us to think about all the things that we feel like we're not allowed to talk about. Mm -hmm. And like, when you're thinking, oh, I want to write a story, you might think, oh, but wait, I want to say this thing about my ex-husband and like, oh my God, I can't talk about that. And there's so many things like you can't talk about. Um, and that's something that gets people blocked in their writing process. I know it made it a lot more complicated for me to write my story. So, um, but the picture of like, you know, telling secrets in the dark is kind of like how it could be. Well, I want to say it also really captivated me that you started it with because <laughs> there is that part of us when we're writing right of like oh no be quiet mm. Do not share that don't don't say that so it really piqued my interest when you first started the like shh but yeah telling secrets in the dark and I I it's interesting I want to ask you about this but it kind of made me think of being a teenager and having things that I wanted to share and being at a sleepover and with a flashlight, you know, yes. or like camping or, or something, we're in the dark or whatever. Yeah. So, so that was the image that it brought up. It's like, shh, shh, you know, and then could we actually say those things out loud to someone and what would happen if we did? But for you, yeah. what did the words secrets in the dark mean? to you yeah they have um definitely sleepovers sleepovers when I was growing up were such a heaven for me I mean I really I, I realize now I was kind of trying to just anywhere but my house was like a safe space because I didn't have a comfortable situation there so I would go to my friend's house and it was like this amazing place to be it was like being on another planet where everybody's just like like I just adore my friends and they have these strong personalities and, you know, they just make you feel so good to be around. And it gives you that strength that you need mm -hmm. to tell someone one of those things that's scary to tell someone. And it feels so good to be able to share with your friend and it's like bonding and it's like personal and you like know that like you're really friends and that's like the test, you know, like don't mm -hmm. tell anyone <laughs> oh my gosh and then the you know the vulnerability of that and yeah. then sometimes those secrets get out too they do sometimes get out yeah <laughs> you know um yeah. so when we're talking about the dark 
we're also talking about shadow work. Yes. And I know that you worked a lot with shadow work and really your mm. book is an exploration of that also. Um, yeah. From a personal story. So tell us, tell us a little bit about shadow work. I know that you also um, have a connection to Carl Jung's work. So tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about writing your book and how that relates to the shadow. Yeah. Um, well, first off with the picture of like telling secrets in the dark, there's that dark element. And I don't know if anyone else had this experience, but there's something about it being like dark time or like later in the night where everyone's kind of maybe sleepy. It's like easier to tell these things then. Mm -hmm. There's something about it that's almost like a cocoon. And um, so like, I say that to mention that like, we have kind of a visceral reaction sometime to the word shadow, the word dark or something as like, oh God, it's a scary thing. But it also can be really nurturing and really helpful to you to help you grow into who you really are. Um, because sometimes there are secrets we tell in the dark that then come to be something we're more comfortable with. And that for me is kind of the goal of what shadow work is, is becoming comfortable with all the parts of yourself, including parts of yourself that might scare you or make you feel like that's not what a good person does or I should be something else. And becoming more acquainted with that is I think what Carl Jung was really trying to tell us to do. Um, and I'm fascinated with him for so many reasons um, in his work, but I wanna mention that I studied a lot of mythologies um, as part of my master's in um, spiritual and pastoral care at Loyola. And I was really interested in the stories about women going into the underground, which is like the, like the mythic world, you know, underneath of ours, almost like our subconscious going down into these spaces and and rather than being like the hero who goes out in the world and he's like doing all of his amazing things for the whole world to see and then coming back to his house with his trophy the the queen of the underworld you know the queen would be going down into the underworld facing like her own demons is really what is being symbolized and then coming back out with this new understanding she didn't she went in you know she went down and that I think is kind of maybe a more feminine journey that writing is really amazing with when we can like dig into what's going on inside. We can have our private journal. We can have our privacy to be a friend to ourselves in the dark at first. And then if and when you feel comfortable, you can go show it to somebody else. But you can only do that if you can work with your shadow. And if you work with your shadow, you might be able to discuss more things than you are right now you know all the writing that's being like held in these secret notebooks maybe one day a slip of it can come out and it doesn't have to be a really bad secret or something about somebody or some real awful thing it's going to be different for everyone because some people are just period not going to share writing with anyone ever or they're not even going to write it mm -hmm. and that's all in the shadow you know so you can expand your ability to kind of get out of your box and share more, produce more by being more comfortable with your shadow. It's so fascinating hearing you talk about this because, I mean, obviously 
well, not obvious to the listeners, but to you and me, we've talked a lot about your book. And yes, yes. I wasn't there in the beginning for it, but in the last few years, we've talked about your book. I've read, read your book at different parts of your process. And mm-hmm. just talking about this, I had two things pop up. One, when I was in LA at one point, I was with a group of people. There were like 100 people at this event. And one of our things was to go out in LA and to ask people some questions, kind of like a scavenger hunt type thing. But you went out and you just saw people on the street and asked people. And one of them was to ask, tell me a secret. And one of the secrets, this guy leans over and he says to me, I do yoga. And I said, that's a secret? He goes, oh yeah. He goes, my friends would make so much fun of me. So as you're telling like, what what's a secret to one person? Another person would be like, what do you mean? Don't a lot of people do yoga? Men do yoga? Or it's like adorable that anyone would think that would be a secret. I know, I know. And then he just, you know, is like excited kind of to tell me, but then like, don't tell his friends who were there. And I'm like, thank you so much for sharing that with me, you know? So it was this fun, fun activity. Um, But the other memory that popped up, and I feel like this really relates to your book is there was a point where I hosted 44 radio shows in 45 days on grief. Hmm. And part of getting ready for that show, I did some of the shows by myself, and then I had a lot of guests also who talked about loss and grief and healing. But I decided that it had to be after dark, after the sun went down in LA. And at that time, it was the middle of winter. And so it was like five o'clock or something. It was dark. And I'd always start out like, you know, like, hello, listener, like we're in the dark. We're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about loss. But it seemed so powerful to do this in the dark, you know, to kind of. So one question I have for you is, um, and maybe this leads into you talking about the tool, but how did you create a space for yourself to let yourself kind of go into the dark, go into the underworld and explore those feelings that that can be hidden, you know, in in the story. You know, mm-hmm. you might think about, oh, well, we did this and we did that, and there was this person, there was that person, but to really go into that space. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you're asking me, we definitely are going to talk about one tool, um, which is EFT or tapping, and that's mm-hmm. really been helpful. But I'm also thinking of so many other things yeah. that went in conjunction. Mm-hmm. Um, like almost like my whole self-care protocol, you know? Um, But one thing that really, um, it's for me, it's really about like sinking into the emotions of it. And so anything that's helping me get in my body and feelings, not so much my head. So like there's thinking about the story and writing about the story, like in a head level where like she said that and then this and that, and this is wrong because of this. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's can you can kind of just I think writing is really helpful just to kind of peel the onion and kind of get some of that stuff out so you can stop like regurgitating <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of the same way of looking at a situation um, and then drop deeper into it with some things like you know reading it again and just trying to breathe 
and just kind of being like, how do I feel about this story? And then like, especially try imagining someone else reading it. I think immediately you'll feel something, right? Mm -hmm. And that like, oh God, you know, that kind of awareness of like somebody's watching um, can be helpful and harmful. It's like helpful when you want to trigger yourself (laughs) because you're going to tap or you're going to do something that's going to like process it. So like the, I did a lot of this so intentionally, like I intentionally tried to work through this stuff because I was learning a lot about EFT. I was learning a lot about tapping. And what it taught me was that avoiding how I felt about things was causing me to waste a lot of energy and time. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make faster progress. So it didn't seem logical to me at first, but I came to see that this is the most effective way to like save time and get a lot of things done, even though I'm a really emotional person and I have like so many like triggers and reactions to everything going on, but I'm able to ride it because one thing I found really helpful, um, if I could handle it, was to think about what the worst thing I could possibly feel right now would be, you know, with this book or another endeavor, like, is it going to make me feel like a failure? Is it going to make me feel humiliated? Am I I going to feel like a loser? Am I going to be like really small and powerless or sad or what, you know, what do I not want to be? That's that like shadow, like my worst version of myself that I am trying actively not to become. I'm trying to avoid it. I would just go and just imagine the feeling and what it would be like to feel it and explore it in my body. And I would set a timer for like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, it's so wild because it, it costs literally, literally no money, but it has been more effective than some things that I've paid like a lot of money for, you know, that were some kind of like way to relax or, or therapize myself or, or do all those things. And they're all good, but just sitting in the feeling that I don't want to feel for 10 minutes really helped. And tapping is basically like the next level of that when it's just too hard to just sit with all the feelings because they really don't feel good. Like tapping is a way to kind of like move it through me more quickly and kind of feel like I'm like cleaning out some inner trash or something Mm -hmm. that's like collected over time. And I found that like, there's a lot of different ways you can use EFT. So it's very confusing when people just jump into it and want to learn about it. Um, So the thing I recommend starting with is forgiveness tapping which is where you're like um, holding on to something, kind of feeling like you could have done better. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things in our past that we know now. I'll say, you know, I know now I could have done better at this or that thing because I'm on the other side of it, right? But I was doing the best I could at the moment. And, you know, I I love me past me. She, Mm -hmm. She was cute. You know, like, and I feel a lot better about past me now that I've done a lot of like tapping and things around it. And especially when you're confronted with it on the page or like thinking about telling people about something. Um, If your inner critic comes in and dives on you like, oh no, there might be something that could be released and you could use like forgiveness tapping to just try to find some lightness in that Mm -hmm. and um because it's this emotional space is not a great time to be making decisions about showing people stuff because you're going to be really vulnerable 
So if you can process it a little bit more or create a safer space for yourself, like just sharing a secret with one friend, you know, or a small intimate group or something, you know, but if you work on this sort of thing, then you'll be able to share more. Yeah. Do you want to take us through a, a little bit of tapping? Oh, sure. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. For anyone who has ever experienced it. And I know that some people are listening to the audio of this and some people are watching mm -hmm. it on YouTube, but do you want to um, take yes. us through? Yes. So what I would recommend is just try to think of something that happened um, in the last few days, you know, um, that way, because if you want to go into something maybe a little bit deeper, you may want to spend a little more time. But just starting something for like the last few days is a nice example of something you feel like, ah, oh, I could have done that a little bit better, or that could have gone a little better. You don't need to pinpoint the reason, but just find that feeling of like, yeah, okay, something I'm still holding on to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our intention is to like let it go so we can just like focus on whatever we really need to focus on with that energy that got stuck in there. Okay, so I'm gonna start with the karate chop point and I'm just okay. gonna lightly be touching this point with the other hand. And so with this, I would say, even though I have this feeling. Even though I have this feeling. And Andrew's gonna repeat after me and if you are listening, you can say it out loud too to help focus. So even though I have this feeling of something I don't like, even though I have this feeling of something I don't like. About something that happened. About something that happened. I totally love and forgive myself. I totally love and forgive myself. Okay. Okay. So we can move to the, there's more points. And if you're watching the video, you can just kind of follow along. Um, I'll describe it the first round uh, for those of you who are just listening to the audio. Um, and then you'll just kind of, I think you'll just kind of get it. Okay, so we're going to start by like kind of venting the critic first and just letting the critic say its piece so we can reduce the, the emotional stuck in it. So we'll start with the top of our head, lightly tapping. I know I did something wrong. I know I did something wrong. Okay, and then the middle of the eyebrow. I hate that I did something wrong. I hate that I did something wrong other side of the eyebrow it makes me sad it makes me sad and then under the eye all these things were done wrong all these things were done wrong under the nose so wrong so wrong under the mouth i'm so right about this i'm so right about this and then a collarbone spot under the collarbone I definitely did something wrong. I definitely did something wrong. Okay, top of the head. And I'm not gonna let it go. And I'm not gonna let it go. Eyebrow. I still need to think about this. I still need to think about this. Side of the eye. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Under the eye. I don't wanna think about this anymore. I don't want to think about this anymore. Under the nose. There's something I don't like about it. There's something I don't like about it. Under my mouth. This weird feeling. 
this weird feeling. Okay, collarbone. I'm tired of holding on to this. I'm tired of holding on to this. Okay, top of the head. I'm ready to let go. I'm ready to let go. Okay. <sighs> and if you're feeling anything else as you go, you can just like pause this and like keep venting and things. Or just kind of move in as you tap. And we're just going to move into like kind of resolving this particular one. So the eyebrow, I'm open to letting go. I'm open to letting go. Other side. I can learn from this. I can learn from this. Under the eye. I like to feel good when I learn. I like to feel good when I learn. Under the nose. It helps me remember things better. It helps me remember things better. Under the mouth. So I'm open to letting this go and I can still learn. I'm open to letting this go and I can still learn. Under my collarbone while I'm feeling better about it. While I'm feeling better about it. Okay, top of the head. And I totally trust myself. And I totally trust myself. Eyebrows, and I love myself. And I love myself. Side of the eye, just like a friend. Just like a friend. Under the eye. And I don't say mean things to my friends. And I don't say mean things to my friends. Under the nose, I try to tell them nicely when they did something wrong. I try to tell them nicely when I did something wrong. Under the mouth, so I'm gonna be nice to myself. So I'm gonna be nice to myself. Okay, so then I would just like shake it out a little bit. Whew. Mm. So now when I think of in, you know, as you're listening, like, like where is that thing that you kind of thought of at the beginning? Mm -hmm. And what is your level of emotional anything about it? And like, did it go down a little bit? Or did you feel anything, Andrea? Definitely for me, I feel lighter. Yeah. I, I could feel, I could feel it when you shifted too. And, yeah. you know, and I'll just say for the listeners, I have tapped a lot over the years. So it, it, I also think you kind of get a groove with it where the yeah. more that you do it. Um, but I remember it also seemed at the beginning counterintuitive to be like, no, I don't want to call out these things of how I'm feeling bad. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do that, but it really does. That's part of the mm -hmm. shifting. Is to and it's so great to say it out loud. Like especially if you kind of freestyle it, you know, you kind of get into it and you, you sort of start freestyling what, what's coming up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've said some, you know, and you just know, this isn't like the, your real opinion. This is just something your mind came up with on its yeah. own pretty much. Yeah. And just letting it out is like such a big pressure reliever because you don't even realize it was kicking around your head sometimes. Like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, I didn't know I was so attack you know i didn't yeah even know that was there until you start get going and then it's like the balloon loses all of its air <laughs> yeah. i know there have been times where i've started tapping and i'm saying these things to myself like they're really true and at some point it's just like i don't even really believe that i'm not really sure why that is even there but it's like well somewhere somewhere 
Some part of me is holding on to something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it could have even been somebody else's stuff that you just heard and it imprinted or something. And then, yeah, you know, or somebody told you that, um, I don't know, I was just thinking about writing, like kind of like things that people will say and you go, that's actually not uh, true or yeah you know our mind makes these interesting divisions of things yeah you know like i um i was talking i've been talking to a lot of writers lately and one of them had told me that like some writing was really easy for her to do Mm -hmm. and then other writing was really hard and that's always like a like a flag to me of like isn't that interesting like i wonder how you're holding it differently in your mind Mm -hmm. that this thing is just like breezy easy but the other thing is like, there's all this motion when they talk about it that I feel myself, yeah. that there's something like kind of heavy that makes it this huge thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's so interesting to kind of like poke around a little bit and like, see what's that about? <laughs> what's well, that? let me just ask you, since that came up, is that as you were writing your book, you know, there are different points of writing. There, there may be the kind of creativity downloading of ideas and, or, mm. or taking stuff out of a journal, you know, journaling and everything. And then there's a point where you start to look at, and, and I want to say this to the listeners, like do not decide in the very beginning what you're going to include in a book and what you're not. Just let it flow. Mm-hmm. Let it come out. I agree. When you got to the point where you were going to, finish this book or you're going to really put this into form Mm. how did you decide what to talk about and what not to talk about what you were going to publish what you weren't going to publish yes and and that's a really big and I and I definitely want to double down what you said about you know just writing it I began by just writing it just all out just Mm -hmm just getting it out, you know, and just giving myself permission to like change some things later, especially because I was like writing about some stuff with people that I, I really didn't want to just reveal too much about them to the world. I wanted that, you know, to change their identities and things. It's a lot easier to just like spill it out as it was and then change it than to try to like think in your head about, you know, uh, just different hair color or different. So just, yeah, I just let it all out. I actually started it, I think making it as if it were fiction. So I kind of like changed my name and, and that might be an easy way to kind of just get it out and like to depersonalize from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I did have like a couple of friends. I would just show like the beginning, which was sort of less personal for me. Um, and that helped me to understand like that the beginnings beginnings are hard beginnings need to be a certain way structurally to kind of introduce your story you can't just start any old where um and you don't need to start with your birth so there's a lot of (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you're writing from life like i did there's there's a lot of options but um as far as like the personal nature of like this is too much of a secret to reveal or this is too personal or this is somebody else's life and i don't want to like mess that up um i did start to i did have some thoughts about it in the beginning but yeah i wasn't holding too loosely like you suggested Mm -hmm. um but i do think that like as i went through the process i made those final decisions 
Uh, some of them very late in the eight-year process that it took to write the book. Like in terms of like, for instance, I had something at the end of my book kind of with uh, my opinions about everything now. So that like final opinion about everything now really took time to like flatten into the energy that really felt done. Um, and I noodled it around in my head many times. Um, Cause people would ask me as I would slowly let a few readers read it and give me some feedback. Um, I think that in the end it come, came down to like sort of a wordless part of me deciding what really felt right. And I had to first though, I really had to like kind of accept this bigger truth that we all have our own perspectives and no matter what anyone thought was like the true thing that happened in some situation I wrote about, I had a right to say like, well, this is my version and not everybody will remember it exactly like that. I mean, I dug around in my head and I tried to get it as right as it's going to be, but ultimately like, yeah, this is my, my take on it that just feels me. And I lost that emotional angst that was there earlier in the process about is this right you know to say it this way um it just yeah really like kind of the emotional processing really made a big difference how did you decide who to share share mm -hmm. the book with along the way and mm -hmm. and do you have any tips for that for people who might be uh, writing and want to share it with someone yeah, I do have tips for that. My first tip is like, yeah, definitely be cautious in the beginning who you share it with. And if you can do it in a way where, okay, so if you're sending this to somebody who you don't have a deep relationship with, you might feel more comfortable because you don't care as much about what they think. So you believe, but you still might be. And they might not know you well enough to like give whatever feedback in a way that's really helpful to you. You do have to like, it's really good to like kind of guide people as to like what you want them to look for. You know, like you could say it's in the beginning stages. I have a lot I'm going to change, but I just want to know like a general, general feeling of like, would you want to keep reading or like, where did you stop? Or, um, do you think I should start this here or here? You know, something specific and don't tell them to like go in with their red pen and like do all the spelling errors and stuff. You know, like let them know you don't want that if you don't yeah. want that. And you probably wouldn't at the beginning. And then as you go along, um, yeah. And just, you know, like it's good, you know, and when you ask, I think the hardest thing is asking somebody if they will read it mm -hmm. and like, you know, trying to use your intuition kind of suss out, like, are they the good person to ask? And do they have time to do it? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people get really kind of, they don't realize that they're getting stuck because somebody didn't get back to them about their writing or that they just weren't really interested in reading it um, and thought something was boring about it. I've had people say they stopped writing for years because mm -hmm. of something as small as that, but it really can Absolutely. affect you. Yeah, so just, you know, just try to be detached about what the results of it will be, but follow your intuition. And if somebody doesn't seem like they're interested or something, you know, then 
you don't need them to be the, they're not maybe your person for the story or it's not good time. And that's like not personal to your writing necessarily. Um, who you choose will be important because some people like certain kinds of writing and there's not just like good writing and bad writing, you know, it's like speaks to people differently. So you, if you get feedback from one person that like wasn't favorable, like don't immediately give up on everything on all hope. <laughs> so yeah, but people like Andrea is like, you know, really good person to come to, to like read through things. I know that you've done that for me and for some others and it's been really, really helpful. Um, well, and, and like, let me, you know, let me say before. Incubator. Yes. The writing incubator. Absolutely. And we could mention that, but one thing I want to circle back to is that you were clear about the kind of feedback you were looking for also. So like yes. to send something to a relative or your best friend out of the blue and say, what do you think is not the first way to get feedback. No, and, <laughs> no. Um, I know that, that uh, Sophia is referring to a co-working space that I have called the writing incubator is for women. We do it four months at a time and there are other writers in there. And I've also read things for people, but I, I'm always asking, what is it that you want me to look for mm -hmm. at, at this point? Um, mm -hmm. I've learned that over time. <laughs> First of all, it, it gets clear on that kind of focus. And mm -hmm. it really, you know, you even thinking about where am I in the process? What do I really want to, to know? It's like, you know, even it could be something about what's your favorite thing about these four characters? You know, it could be something like that to just kind of see how is someone receiving those those characters or something. Yeah, like what's working, you know? And sometimes people really need to be reminded to give you good feedback because I think a lot of people think what you're asking is for critical feedback and they think that's what is most helpful to hear, you know? Um, cause that's what we hear about like writing groups that it's about like critiques and things. And, you know, I think there's a natural, I know in myself, I used to think being proficient at something means that you know how to criticize it the best. So then that's like shows how you get an A in school or something. And, um, so to be reminded to have people prompted, like what's working and like, yeah, what do you like, mm -hmm. like explicitly ask them, um, and don't like assume that what you are thinking they're going to look for and what they're going to look for are the same. It's, it's good to spell it out if you can. Yeah. Uh, an, another thing that came to another question is something like, um, what would you like to know more about in mm. this story? Kind or of like, like yeah. it's kind of like what's missing, but not as a critiquing, just say, where, where did you, were you curious about wanting to know more? You know, it's like frame positively. To... And it's it's right. good because like it's it's our, I feel like for me writing is like my baby. So when people criticize it, it's like very it's tender. Mm -hmm. And I didn't I did have reactions the first time there were like things people said that didn't sound favorable. But mm -hmm. in the end I did incorporate them, a lot of them, not everything, but um I took from it something that I learned. Um 
But if you can set it up in such a way that it will be gentle on you while still, when you're ready, getting some feedback to develop it, mm-hmm. you know, healthy balance. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, to, to um, go back to the EFT for a minute, the emotional freedom technique, do you have anything on your website these days that people could learn about yes. it? Or- I'm putting up um, some new material on sophiaren.com slash forgiveness. Okay. I've done a lot of things in the past. Like I've got a PDF um, on how to do this and like the different stages of like a really good, deep um, forgiveness tapping session. So you can apply that to um, things going on in your writing and creating right now. So you can make progress on them and then feel more connected to your intuition through the end. And that will help you make all your decisions that you need to make about it. And hopefully make it more like healing and fun. And I think that it's important to write, like I said, uh, this shadow work is important, like kind of this taboo material that um, isn't born yet. That's something you want to say or create. That's like kind of (laughs) testing the edges, (laughs) testing your comfort zone. It's like, there's some magical stuff there that's really important to share with other people. Beautiful. And I know that there's on that same page and this, the, the link is in the show page information also for anyone who didn't write that down right away, but it's um, in the descriptor, but there's information about your book there also. Yes. Yes. I'll put a link there too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so, you know, this whole, thing as as I'm thinking about us kind of wrapping up our conversation about shadow work and taboo and and secrets and everything I'm I'm aware of how there are different times during our lives and certainly right now as we're recording this we have a global pandemic and we have um in the United States there's a lot going on politically I know that there Mm -hmm. are other countries that are going through this also where people are standing up and wanting change to happen. And it just, it makes me think about how important it is to be in touch with what the feelings are that are happening and that sometimes those get pushed down, you know, and that the power of really tapping into the shadow Could you speak to that a little bit? Because I know you've written a book, but you also have done a lot of work with that and and with clients too. Mm -hmm. And it's making me think about Carl Jung wrote a book called The Undiscovered Self. And it's small and short and it's very to the point. And it's talking about World War II and how in the world we had a leader that became Hitler um, and how the power of the collective is something that people can tap for, for good or for bad, you know, and it can be terrifying to see these things happening in the world that we don't have control over um, that are happening on like a collective scale, um, whether it's from nature viruses or human made um, chaos. Um, but in the end, Carl Jung really truly believes that the power is in the individual. It might not seem like that logically, but the individual has a power to change within and then kind of like 
create, you know, radiate from there into the collective with everybody else. So it's like the most important thing we can do right now is to face our own shadow and to work on our own stuff. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, that feels like a, a completion. Is there anything else that you want to say to the, the listeners? Yeah, I want to say, you know, um, when I wrote my book, trying to be a dominatrix and failing and how that changed my life, it, it really told me to, um, to trust myself and to trust that it didn't need to fit into a tiny box of how I was supposed to be. And from one extreme to another, uh, being too pushy or being too doormatty, you know, there's, there's a way to be an individual outside of all of these boxes that we hold in our head. And um, I just want everybody to feel free to have fun breaking open the box. And it's not all serious. It can, it can be fun too. Just like telling secrets in the dark with your friends. That's right. <laughs> There's like, you know, nervous excitement and <laughs> titillation. Yes. yes, right. You know, so like, oh, I hope everybody gets to have that feeling. Yes, I love that. All right. Well, thank you for being here and for this conversation. I know we'll have many more about all kinds of things. Um, and yeah. I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Share this with others and there will be another one soon. Um, and be sure to go to sophia.ren, no, sophiaren.com forward slash forgiveness. It's right there. You can see it on the show page. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Sophia. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andrea. All right. Bye-bye now.